DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join the big show Wednesday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom. We're joined now by Dick Harmon, sports columnist for the Deseret News. Dick, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Snow, Masters, college football. Is your life turned upside down? Um... Yeah, but I, I kind of like it. I kind of like the Masters in the fall a little bit. Give us something to look forward to. Uh, but, yeah, Sergio just tested positive, so he's out. Yep. Well, BYU is rolling. 8-0. and The best BYU football team since. Dick, you've seen a lot of BYU football teams, so I'm curious your opinion on this. No, it's kind of a it's kind of with an asterisk on it because of the season. I mean, this was such a strange season to scrap a whole schedule and plug in another one, and then do what you do. You miss an army game, and then you get on a run. But uh, I think the thing that's impressed me the most about this team is that the chemistry level is extremely high. Kalani has got his guys in that he's recruited. His developmental program is paying dividends. They have played a week uh, schedule, but they've done what. They should have done and won all those games. But the other part of it is they've blown people out consistently, except for one game that was taken into the fourth quarter. They have really pounded people. It doesn't matter who it was or where it was. And at the end, in the fourth quarter, in most all of these games, they haven't had to play their their starters. So that's been very impressive. I think you go back to the, uh, the 11 win season with um, John Beck and. Um, and, uh, and Max Hall, I, I don't think I've seen as, as many explosive plays and consistency on offense with Zach Wilson in, in, in a long, long time, probably back to those days. So you've literally seen every great quarterback that BYU has had <clears throat> over the years, going back 40 years. Uh, compare Zach Wilson to what you've seen in some of those great quarterbacks. What were some of those their attributes to what Zach Wilson has? Well, back in the day, the system was so far ahead of defenses that those guys could just uh, you know, literally just kind of choose what numbers they wanted to make, and uh, Doug Skoll and those guys would just chalk it up, and that would be it. Um, and, and we haven't seen that because defenses have progressed, so I think it's been really hard for some quarterbacks the last uh, 10 or 15 years uh, to really throw up those numbers. But, but uh, Josh is doing something that we haven't seen for a very long, long time, probably since McMahon. And that is to throw for uh, you know yards per uh, reception. He's going around 17 right now. They're third in the nation in uh, yards per play. Um, they lead the nation in about four or five different categories. Uh, the thing that sticks out in my mind about Zach is that he's able to make these plays deep downfield, 35, 38 yards, 50 yards. Uh, Romney leads the nation with 30 uh, yards per catch. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen that kind of production deep consistently since McMahon, probably. Um, Detmer uh, put up a godly uh, amount of numbers, just just a gob of points, but he threw a lot of interceptions and kind of balance that. But to this date, uh, Zach has thrown, what, one, one pick in eight games? And, um, and I, I think the kid is special. I I I, uh, I really do. I think that he's doing some things that you haven't seen around BYU in uh, probably two decades. And hand in hand with that is the the, the targets that he has. That, you know, this Dax Milk had a walk on. Um, he can't get covered. Uh, he hasn't been able to be consistently covered by any team in eight games. 
and uh, Romney set out, but, you know, he's doing the same thing. He's got these two guys, and they've got great chemistry. He's throwing the ball to where the defense can't get it, comeback routes, you know, back shoulder routes. He's hitting people in the end zone, these fade routes that BYU has tried and tried to just have, haven't been able to do since Johnny Harling and John Beck. He's throwing those fade routes to a point uh, with, with Isaac Rex and others where, where they're being completed, and that hasn't happened in, in a couple of decades. That's just been a bad play. The fade route. So I, I'm seeing things that I haven't seen out of a BYU quarterback in a long, long time. So is this season sustainable or is it a one-off? I mean, no one really expects it to be sustained at this level, but this is clearly multiple notches above seven and six a year ago. If anything, it jumps out at me. People say it's a soft schedule, and it is, but they messed up games that would be part of a soft schedule last year. You know, losing to Hawaii, exactly. Toledo, and South Florida. Exactly, Dave, and I, I think that's the thing about this team is that they're they're putting up the points, uh, they're resting people, they're doing exactly what they have to do. But the 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 real the real thing to me is these deep numbers downfield. Uh, when you do that, you can really stretch out a defense, and that's why the run game's working, you know, so well. It's it's a complete package, and I got to credit the Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick and uh, Fessy Sataki and. Uh, and all the coaching staff are really putting together something. But, but let's let's face it, they they haven't been able to have a consistently consistency with, with their personnel for a few years. So, yeah, I, I do think that they're on to something. I think this is Zach's probably last year. That's unfortunate because he could come back and, and maybe keep this thing rolling. But uh, they do have a, four, uh, a four-star a four quarterback coming up um, in the ranks and some other quarterbacks that would be pretty good. But if they got the system working and the personnel coming in, to build on things. I think it's sustainable, yeah. That's a big thing, you know, going forward with a four-star quarterback coming up because teams can have big years. We've seen it in a Pac-12 South where each of these teams had good seasons, won the division, and then they just go back down, and two, three years later, the coach is fired, and you're starting all over again. And they just get in this cycle of starting all over again every five or six years, and it just leads to mediocrity at best. You know, you watch Stanford – I see they got like six, seven LDS kids, and half of them or most of them serve missions and all. They seem to be like prime BYU kids. I'm wondering how big of a deal you think this season could be to give these coaches some ammunition and some cards to deal with when it comes to recruiting and stop losing some of these kids that can really be difference makers for their program. I think you bring up a good point. I, I don't think we can underestimate the fact that if you're undefeated and you're ranked in the top ten, and you're being talked about as uh, a New York uh, a New Year's Day six uh, bowl team, that that those are going to be attractive to some of those kids, and maybe they don't. Uh, you because know, Kalani, you know, all of us can agree that Kalani is a very good recruiter. He's good with parents. He's good with the kids. He's had great commits that have uh, decommitted to him and, and gone to places like Alabama and Oregon and. Uh, ended up at Utah and other places like that. And, and you can kind of understand if you're going to win seven games or you're going to have a losing record here and there, or a 500 team, 500 program, and it doesn't appeal to you. But he can now go out and bark about the rankings, about uh, perhaps a, a bigger bowl game. He can, uh, he can go out and sell the fact that you've got a possibly Heisman Trophy and an Outland uh, Trophy winner. Uh, at least if they don't win, they'll be in the counting. Um and I think that's big. You can you can come back and say, okay, here's where we are. They'll probably get two or three people drafted, possibly a first-round draft pick if Zach comes out. Uh, those things count. Those are the things that I think Utah uses on their resume to, to sell recruits, and he can come back now and 
put that in part of his pitch, which you didn't have before. And uh, and I, I think that would, you know, PK, to, to, to what you said, I think that would make a huge difference in the way that they can sell. Is there any doubt in your mind they're going to win the next two games? Um, no. No, I don't think so. I think when they, they rest up and get a couple of people healed up, San Diego State surprised me because of the loss to San Jose State. I, I didn't see that one coming. I have a lot of respect for San Diego State's defense, but uh, this is not the same team. I think Zach put it uh, probably best, and you know, I, I kind of had my ears perk up a little bit after the Boise State game when he, he told people, he says, I've looked at films of our game with Boise State the last two years. Look at them extensively. He says, we are a far better team than we were in those, those two years. And I think he's right. I think uh, top to bottom, uh, from offensive line to running back, to blocking, to execution, um, to everything that they're doing, they're a far better team than they have been the last two years. I think that one of the things you touched on a little bit, but I want you to elaborate. <clears throat> I think the coaching staff, particularly on the offensive side, and even Tuiaki defensively, they've been really good. Uh, but you know, you can contribute. You could attribute that somewhat to to the competition. Or I think offensively. It's more about the talent that they have. And I think a lot of it is just the fact that their coaching staff, basically the three key guys uh, with uh, Grimes and A-Rod and Sataki, Fessy I'm speaking of, have been together. So now you got the combination of the kids being together for a number of years with the coaches, and they've been together each other for now three years. I think that is a significant factor. I think you're right. Uh, you know, you and I have, and all of us have talked to these coaches behind the scenes, and they don't use it for an excuse, but they'd kind of say, you know, these guys are young, and, you know, we, we need we need to have them be together for a while. And now they have been, and I think they got off to a real jump by getting six uh, practices in at spring practice where a lot of programs were had to cancel it because they did it later in the spring. They, get, they were able to get together in early June where – some other schools, including Pac-12 schools, didn't do that until later in the, the summer. I mean, they really had a consistent run in getting these guys prepared, and it really showed against Navy. I mean, it looked like two opposite football teams trying to play each other. BYU came out very polished and just embarrassed the, you know, the Navy the Navy squad. And then they went on and kept doing that and built momentum. Um, but yeah, I, I think we got to credit these coaches because. They seemed to know what they were doing, but they needed the right elements in place, and some of that had to do with experience rather than just throwing some younger kids out there and say, okay, now do this. Now they're allowed to scheme. I think we've seen in the Houston game, uh, and against the Boise State game, if you remember in that game, uh, they came out and they were kind of conservative. Uh, Dax Mill got covered. Uh, Romney got covered by some very good defensive backs. They started to throw it to Neil Powell. To, that's kind of what they had, and um, – they just couldn't get things going, but you know, they came back out at halftime and made the adjustments to go ahead and attack down in in the uh, secondary uh, about the 30-yard length, and they started working. And, and within a few plays, Boise State was just done. The scheming that was going on with Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes and I think Fessy and putting things together. And then, you know, once they got that going and putting Mill in motion on that one play, um, they hit the, the, the tight end right down the middle, wide open. They split the safeties. I mean, the, the kind of scheming that goes on then is what you do when you have players that understand what you're doing. You're making calls and making adjustments. They're getting it. And because they're getting it on the run and doing it quick, you're able to do so much more. And I, I think that's probably the maturity of this team over the last couple of years is you're able to do that and speak to them 
on the sidelines and at halftime to make adjustments, and they get it and they do it, and I think they've lessened the amount of mistakes they make and miscues, just misfires. Just the red zone production right now is, I think it's like one in the number one in the country, um, and against you know this kind of competition. But they're putting the ball in the end zone when they get down there, making touchdowns, not just settling for field goals, and that's that's really good production. Dick Harmon joining us, sports columnist for the Deseret News. So, uh, assuming you're right and BYU wins the last two games and they're 10 0, what level of confidence do you have that they'll be in the New Year Six? And what level of confidence do you have that somehow politics and conference loyalties and money will rear their head and they will be playing somewhere else? No, I think you're right, Dave. The, the system was, was built and, and reorganized back in 1980, the 1980s to keep a team like BYU and Cincinnati and you know, Central Florida and, and whoever else you want to plug in. It was built to keep them out. University of Hawaii with the undefeated season, it's built to keep them out. But this is such a strange year that you're going to look at things at the end and you're going to say, okay, if you have a 10-0 and or possibly if they get another game, maybe it's 11-0 and BYU, and you compare it with, say, the Pac-12 where the teams uh, really haven't even played hardly a schedule at the most, what, four or five, six games. You look at that, maybe they've just, administrated themselves right out of a, you know, a real, uh, you know, college uh, playoff berth. And then you have to start looking, okay, are you going to take two from the ACC, one from the Big Ten? What are the Big Ten records? How many games have they played? And the SEC, like, well, would it be Alabama? Would it be a second team in there, Georgia um, or Florida? Because they'd be, you know, whatever, whatever it's going to be. It's, it's so strange and convoluted that maybe this is a year that just a sentiment is, let's go ahead and give – uh, a higher consideration to a team like BYU. Uh, I think BYU is better than Cincinnati because of the strength of schedule. Cincinnati's is worse, according to Sagrin. Um, but maybe it's one of those years where the committee just says, you know, let's look at this harder than we could uh, ordinarily. And yeah, maybe maybe we give them consideration where ordinarily, no way, no way they would. So anytime that uh, there's an opening with that uh, Ruff and Dotson trio along with you, I expect you to be calling me. You know, we might be doing that because we like to see that, that controlled slice that you have and that weird <laughs> wind-up because I know it's effective. The last time I played you, you beat me by one or two strokes, and I was impressed. It doesn't look technically sound, but it works. So, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up to the Dots and the rest of the boys and – we call ourselves the fairway pilots, and we have a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> he's just got to compensate for that shoulder injury, you know? He's just such a – he's just talented in so many sports. He's a multi-sport star, and just, you know, one day a little icy snowboarding, and it, it jacked up his golf swing. I know. He, he does a lot of that right before tee time, to, you know, explain those injuries so that the bets, uh, you know, can kind of have a little bit of sandbag factor to it. <laughs> Dick, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking a little Cougar football. All right. Thanks for having me, guys.